0: Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners. And today we have a, a big uh, topic and a, and a big crew to talk about it. So we're going to talk about uh, post implementation challenges for these EC and EC payroll projects. Um, you know, not every project goes perfectly, right? It's not always smooth. And after go live, there are some challenges. Maybe you find out that things weren't put together right, or maybe things aren't working the way you thought they would, or maybe, you know, it could be any number of things, but um, I don't think that any implementation is perfect. And um, what we wanted to do is get together and talk about, you know, what are some of those things? Um, what can we do to sort of prevent them as we, um, uh, as we implement the projects? But if we can't prevent them, then how do we handle them once they do happen? So um anyway, for the podcast team today we have uh gosh, the whole team practically. We have Martin Gillette, Sven Ringley, Mark Ingram, Luke Marson, Amy Grubb, Becky Murray, Brandon Toombs. Wow. A lot of talent here. Happy New um, Year. Yeah. So um we'll we'll get started here. I, I told Amy she was gonna go first. And so I, you know, wanna wanna preserve that. And we were gonna go in the order of the of uh, our pictures on the Webex meeting. They got rearranged, so Amy's not first anymore, but she's still <laughs> gonna be first because that's what we talked about.
1: Oh, I'm first in my view, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so Amy, what are some, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, what are some of yeah. the challenges you've seen customers encounter after Go Live? Um, oh, you know wow. maybe One of them, and you know, how would you advise people to either prevent it or have a hand? Sure.
1: Well, first of all, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> It's good to see everyone, almost everyone. Luke, we missed your face, but we're glad to have you on the phone. Um, yes, so I have been doing this for a very long time, <clears throat> um, and you know, I think that you can't you can't prevent the challenges from coming up, right? They're just they're you just have to accept them as a part of the the deal, right? So as you Go through implementation and and I've seen this, not just with EC and ECP projects, but, you know, a lot of times customers will still um, try to bite off the whole. Enchilada, if you will, and, you know, the full suite, um, or they'll tackle, you know, like EC recruiting and onboarding, right? Which are huge in and of, of themselves, but together they're, they're giant. So Mark can can chime in on that as well. But you know, I think the important thing is just to realize that um you're going to have these issues and as you get closer to go live, you're gonna start throwing off requirements, right? Because you're you're gonna you like have a date and the amount of work that gets to get done before the date is, is not feasible. So you're gonna start putting things to like a phase two list, right? You're going to start prior. And I saw this very clearly on my last project um, that was that was an EC, ECP and a workforce implementation. So mm-hmm. you're going to start kind of going through your open tickets and start um, prioritizing those to post go live. And I, so I think, you know, for, for customers that are be, just beginning to implement, I would say, just realize that that's going to happen and that's OK, but plan for it. Right. <laughs> so don't um already have your plan two or your phase two um out there with some guidelines around it right so uh, too Mm -hmm. often i've seen um the phase two list um never never come to fruition because once you're live you're focused on getting stabilized and then once you're stabilized like it just you're you know you've got updates and um now semi-annual releases and Uh business things that come up and it's just not those things don't become a priority and the the downside to that is that you're working in a system with workarounds and manual processes that you know you had hoped to uh, automate and improve when you started the journey and um, a lot of times that just doesn't happen So I would just say, you know, again, for customers that are starting, just be aware that that's going to happen and kind of have a plan for that and governance. And for people who are in the process and quickly hurtling towards their go-live date, you know, don't let that phase two list just sit there. Um, Give yourself some time to stabilize, but then pick it back up, reevaluate, and figure out how to get those things either in, you know, business as usual or budget and kick off a phase 2 of the project.
0: And it so expect that phase 2. Don't don't deny it. It's going to happen.
1: Right. And then, right. you know, understand that with that will be not only the things that didn't get done in your first phase, but all of the enhancements, right, that come out twice a year. So
2: and you yeah. can't
1: you can't rest that hamster wheel once you start it, you are on it. So yeah. um just, you know, Work out and also changes, right? Yes,
0: I mean, sometimes what you thought was a good idea turns out to not be such a good idea and you want to change, but you don't know that until you're living with it.
1: Exactly. I mean, how many times we've all, you know, how many years of consulting experience are on this call? I don't want to Mm -hmm. do that math, but we've all seen it, right? Like, no matter. um, How much you try to. get it right the first time in the real world, and no matter how much you test, the real world is always different. And so you're going to have those things that didn't quite work out the way you wanted them to.
0: Here comes reality again.
1: Exactly. All
0: right, well, that's that's some great advice, thanks. So Brandon, um, you've been doing this too. So, I mean, what's uh, what's some advice you have for customers on um, how to either stabilize their implementation how to fix things that go wrong after implementation what are some uh, things you would advise
3: yeah so i'm going to try to keep this short um i uh, you saw my uh, rant earlier this week when we were preparing for this podcast on this topic um and really i'm going to i'm going to talk about it cuz you know the, the people that listen to this i'm sure we've got uh, customers we've got consultants we've got uh, also, hopefully, some people from uh, success factors. And uh, what I would really love to see is that there, um, that day two becomes something that customers are more empowered to be able to handle on their own. Um, and but the problem is we the uh, entire implementation process really isn't geared around this. Um, uh, you know, the project managers, of course, they want to make sure that we get everything in and delivered, which of course is uh, you know job number one. But just about as important is to make sure and to to emphasize that customers need to be able to stand up on their own and be able to support the system after go live. So um, that means that there has to be a commitment and probably um, uh, some crowding out of some other activities that might need to take place uh, in order to make sure that there's there's room for that knowledge transfer to take place. I don't really think that the methodology, the Activate methodology, whatever methodology you have, really, really emphasizes the need to make sure that as you get to those different quality gates, that people have a certain level of uh, technical skills and capabilities uh, that that they have learned so that they can can support and sustain. If you wait till the end and just give knowledge transfer at the very end of the process, and then expect people to see things for the first time three months after go live that they've never done and be able to maintain them themselves. It's just not going to happen. And unfortunately, there's just too many um, there's too many vested interests. Not and I don't mean this in a nefarious way. It's just a lot of us. you know, We're trying to get things done and we're judged on that. But, you know, just uh, the, what really needs to I, I think the main thing that could really change is if we could somehow change the methodology to where the, the methodology really, really emphasized that people need to be able to to have a certain level of ability to support the system before the system goes live. So that that's it for me. I'm, I'm, we got a lot of people on the call, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up now.
0: So build build the knowledge transfer into the plan, right? Yeah. And you have to resource it too. And that's, that's one of the challenges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it, it pays off. I've, I've done that before too. That
1: that gets chucked right away, right? It's always the training and change management and that knowledge transfer and um, enabling the customer to stand up on their own. Always seems to be one of the first things to go. Oh, we can do that later. Oh, we don't have time. We can do that later. And then it just never happens.
0: Yep. Good point. It takes discipline to do it. All right, Becky, you're up next. So um, what are some things that you would say uh, you would advise people to do to uh, stabilize or to make sure they have a a good, stable implementation or maybe fix things after go live?
4: Yeah, this is a great topic. I'm actually going to kind of continue Brandon's flow and talk about something else that can be done proactively. Um, And that is really forming the right team right from the start. Um, oftentimes, we'll work with customers who think, you know, those three people in the room—they have all the information they need to make all the decisions about how all the different business processes should work. Um, when in reality, once we out, we sometimes find that there are more people who who have good input, um, and that's particularly true for multinational and global organizations. Don't forget to include your global team members to make sure that you're satisfying. Their particular business needs, Um, because what will happen is you'll roll the system out and people will find that it doesn't work in all scenarios or in all cases. Um, And that's something that you can sometimes, you know, just work to prevent from the start by having the right people in the room. Um, Yeah, I would just say to folks, don't be afraid of having follow up activities. Your business processes will change your business needs will change. Like Amy said, there are new enhancements that are coming out twice a year. So even if you did go live and it's perfect in every way, um, just know that the system's kind of meant to adapt with you as your organization grows and changes. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to start by deploying the basics first to see where you might need to make improvements and then go back and work those improvements or those changes in one of the things I like to suggest to my customers is that they periodically do some type of survey for their business users, even their managers, to make sure that the system is meeting their needs. Um, and if there are any things that are needed or wanted to kind of make it better to be able to gather those periodically. So checking in with your users is always important.
0: Yeah, great ideas, great ideas, thanks. Sure. Okay, Luke, you're up next. Uh, what are some things that have been uh, successful for you?
2: We've seen a lot of customers that have done implementations. You know, they've with varying degrees of success. So sometimes uh, uh, implementation has, has gone totally fine, um, but a customer's you know they've used a system for two, three years. Uh, some customers have used it for about eight years and not really ever done a, a lot with it, other than just continue to use what was implemented at the time. Other customers you know sometimes less than optimal implementations while some implementations are just a disaster and in you know in any of those scenarios it's always um I always think it's good for customers to do a uh, a health check um, to take take a look at, at, at how the system was implemented what functionality was used what your processes look like what new functionality exists um you know, in some of those scenarios, there's going to be some cleanup. Um, in some of the scenarios, there's not going to be a lot to clean up, but there might be opportunities to enhance existing processes with new capabilities that have been released. Um, you know, or just might be some really nifty new features uh, that you can you can add, you can implement, which are which are going to make a lot of difference. Um, you know, you don't have to enhance or, or re-engineer your processes. In some cases, you know, there might be an opportunity there to completely look at end-to-end process because there's been you know, several enhancements that have been put out over the last you know, however many years it might have been that you've been live with the system. So you know, th- th- not every consulting firm offers um, a health check service, and sometimes you, know, you, can, you can do it yourself in-house and just use a, a, a contract, or you can go to a firm and use their health check service and have an expert come in and, and sit down and go through you know, uh, a defined process to um, end up providing you with a bunch of actionable recommendations, which can help you then um, uh, enhance your processes, enhance your system, kind of get the best out of what you've paid for. Because you, you're paying for the system every year, and SAP are putting out new features twice a year, sometimes quite a lot of features, And there's a a whole bunch of those features which just offer some incremental value, but some offer quite a lot of value. And customers definitely should be looking to take advantage of those if they are not uh, actively doing it today.
0: Yeah, because you're paying for it whether or not you use it. So you might as well use it. Absolutely. Yeah, great tips. Thanks, Luke. All right, so Sven, what? What's your advice for customers on how to uh, either stabilize, improve, or, uh, in, you know, take care of their systems once they go live?
5: Um, I, I could just say Amy stole mine, so I'm I'm passing, but I had enough time to uh, come up with something new. Um, and actually, it, it relates to a workshop I had just this morning. Um, what, what I often see that customers... Uh, take a certain time to implement a a module or the whole success factor suit or uh, anything similar and then they talk about after the last go life they go into business as usual state and that just gives me the creeps because what it usually means is they declare the implementation finished they declare innovation ended and then maybe they have some kind of support contract with somebody that goes through a ticket system. And what then happens is what I call death by ticket. So you you see a problem or challenge or an opportunity, whatever, and it's created in a ticket. And the people who look at the tickets, uh, they are basically driven by closing them as fast as possible. Um, And then you end up with this kind of system that looks like a road that has been built in the 70s. And then the surface never has been properly done, but the, it's just been patched with whatever tarmac or gravel or whatever was available at the time by different people. Um, and I, I think that's not maybe that that didn't even work in the old days with a, a slow, um, slow changing on premise world, but it's even worse now because we we always say the go live is the start rather than the end of the journey. But in most cases, it's just being lip service and they really see it as, okay, we've arrived let's lean back let's fire a few people because we are more efficient now and um yeah then any change goes through ticket and i had this workshop today with a customer who took a decent amount of time to implement success factors plus payroll plus travel expense over four years actually worked with them four years ago on a roadmap project and uh, i haven't really seen them for four years and they've actually implemented it almost in that um shed you will be defined in, in sixteen. But rather than going into this business as usual mode from from the old days, they understand this business as usual these days is actually ongoing innovation. So they okay. say let's get together again and do a new like roadmap project of our vision for our HR Tech uh, 2025. And what do we want to achieve in that time and what is available and, and yeah, we actually had the kickoff today, which was a bit like giving taste and talking about new technology. Can we use chatbots? What about robotic process um, automation? What about AI, together mm-hmm. with the smaller pieces, you find in the App Center or in, in on, the, on the release roadmap. And I think that's the way to go to see, see business as usual as something that's not meant to be stable, but actually meant to innovate continuously and for this case you always need to have a vision where do you want to go short-term with term, long-term and then mm-hmm. I think you don't get to this death by, by ticket situation.
0: Yeah, death by ticket, I, I haven't heard that but I like it, I like it already, I mean there's I mean, there's no room for innovation there when everything goes through a ticket, it's just,
5: yeah. It's just fixing stuff, I mean you need this, right, it's yes. not that you don't need this, if, If the payroll runs tomorrow and there's an an error, you need to fix it. Right? You don't have time to do. Let's talk about our vision for 2050. (laughs) You want to pay the people tomorrow morning. Yeah,
0: exactly. Those are great ideas, Sven. Thanks a lot. All right, Mr. Ingram, Mark, Mr. Recruiting. I will try
6: to keep it short. So if we look at kind of during the project itself. um, So, 1st of all, I 1000% agree with everybody's comments so far, um, especially Brandon and his KT and it should start early. But um, I think, so one thing in terms of, so what we're talking about is support afterwards and more innovation and evolution of the system after go live. And one of the things from my perspective, it really stops you from doing that is um, complexity and technology debt. So we sometimes have a case where You know, clients want every single process support and recruiting is kind of special, but they want every single organization supported differently. And you just can't do that and maintain the system, which is gonna explode as you get that extra complexity from supporting Mm -hmm. additional processes. So that's one thing. I would also say that, you know, people talk about, oh, integrations and complex things like that are really, uh, additional project risk. I'd say it it is, and it's additional project effort and complexity. But for me, the biggest risk um, for long term success is matching how the users use the system. And again, this might be specific to recruiting because it's it's heavy it's heavy touch. It's not like payroll. Um, but if you're not aligned with how recruiters or managers or whoever are going to be using the system, you're going to, they're not going to use the system in the way it was designed to be used and you're going to run into long-term issues, lack of compliance and so on. So that's another thing. So basically mm-hmm. lots of testing and really factor in like usability testing. Mm-hmm. Now after go live, um, I would say, I mean, one the one thing I would say is try to have a consistent, Team consisting of like admin types, IT, and you know, operational representatives like recruiting ops uh, that kind of take a, the same people that are on the project take a regular view of, you know, do we need a mini project because our needs have changed? Has something changed in what's available to us that means that we can do what we planned to do before, or maybe something we hadn't even thought about? So basically, you know, kind of like a, a working group or I don't, I don't want to say steering committee, but a constant evaluation of how things can be approved. And is it a small change? Do we need a budget for a mini project, for example, mm-hmm. Um and actually evolve as with the business and the system rather than so, so much stagnation in systems and they feel like they're not getting value out of it or they don't even know they're worse still, they don't even know they're not getting the true value out of it. So
0: mm-hmm. that's my two cents. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are great ideas. Yeah, and recruiting is a high-touch sort of application. So you do need to make sure you know you're matching the user's expectations. Otherwise, um, yeah, that lack of fit becomes a, a frustration point. All right, Martin, Mr. Gillette, um what would you have to add to this?
7: Well, what can I have after those uh, brilliant lines? I would uh, totally concur to the fact if we start from the beginning that we still need to have a strategy and a roadmap ahead of us. Like uh, you mentioned, the uh, goal IV is certainly not the end of the road. So the first thing Mm -hmm. I would look at is probably the phase two or the, you know, the nice to have things that we had in mind. So typically all the goods, you know, quick wins that we didn't have time or we didn't have uh, enough resource to put on the table. So those wave two, phase two should maybe be looked at, especially in terms of reporting, you know, that extra thing that we always wanted. So that's can also maybe buy us some time uh, because of course the system might be running smoothly. So now we have more free time as the, um the business as usual resumes so that will be the first thing the second thing like uh, becky mentioned is also all about people remember it's human resource so It's about also, like you said, keeping the interest, also looking out on the technology evolution, because nowadays for the last decade with success factors and even on premise, things are moving quite faster than it used to be. So we still need to keep up with the technology. So namely, for instance, what about mobility and all those kind of apps? You know, it's not that fancy anymore. It's just becoming a routine. So we should probably have a look at them if they're not already installed. And like you mentioned as well, is... um, um probably mark will agree on that is also to focus on the onboarding plans for the newcomers because don't forget that people are also uh, rotate um, rotating within the organization and i see that with the current customers we have a lot of newcomers that actually don't know acp or don't even know the process so don't take for granted that they would just learn on the fly on the job so we need a decent onboarding plan with proper documentation so maybe now it's the right time to finalize that uh, that documentation, so that would be in a nutshell what I would have to say.
0: Yeah, those are that's, that's a great perspective Martin that whole the turnover. Right? Um, you know, the a great time to build your documentation for onboarding someone is when you're doing the project. But again, it takes a little more effort to do that. Um, and I think a lot of these things we've talked about. Means a little more effort during the project, but it's uh, effort that you would probably. Um, not regret once you. Face it after go live, probably easier to do these things during the project than after go live.
1: You know, so um, point Steve, because you're going to spend the time anyway, right? You're either going to spend the time and the resources during the project doing it. Right? Or you're going to spend at least the same amount of time, probably more. Dealing with things that weren't done right after go live. So, yeah. you know you really you really have to what's that saying start with the end in mind right mm-hmm. you really can't ignore um what's going to happen when you're live um mm-hmm. and any time and resources that you invest on that during the project are gonna they're gonna pay off huge in the long run
0: exactly well and that's um... Sort of uh, getting to what i was going to talk about with regard to payroll because um, especially with payroll because we're impacting employee paychecks it's always easier to fix problems before you go live than after because once you have payroll problems when you're live you're actually impacting people's paychecks <clears throat> their their pay their deductions their taxes whatever and that you know those are very personal things very important things to every, every employee um you know I've I often tell customers that you can have the the fanciest hr system go live but if you screw up people's paychecks it's going to be a failure because that's you know people are looking at that and if you don't get them paid right then uh, why'd you put this stinking hr system in can't even pay me right it's sort of a, a very basic requirement one thing that i've from a payroll perspective i see people get surprised with after go live is uh and it's kind of specific to EC and SAP payrolls. It's with retro calculations. Um, you know, in, in payroll, we have retro calculations so that if, if I figure out that you were underpaid two pay periods ago, I can go fix your pay. And have effective two pay periods ago, and when payroll runs, it will automatically calculate the, that increase and give it to you. And it does that for earnings deductions and taxes. What where people get surprised is when they do customizations in payroll, which everyone does customizations in payroll, but they don't um, consider what happens when that happens retroactively. And so then once go live happens, and you have these live retro calculations now, and they they don't work, and then people get surprised. So um, two things I advise people to do with that. One is um, make sure you have a good payroll configuration consultant who knows how to set things up so that they work correctly in retro calculations it's not always obvious but it's it's the right thing to do and then the other is when you're setting up your um uat test examples um, work with your hr colleagues and benefit colleagues to put in retroactive changes right um, because that happens. Let's a retroactive hire happens. a retroactive transfer from one company to another happens. Retroactive benefit enrollments happen. So make sure that you have scenarios in those test cases that include retroactive changes. And then you'll see before you go live whether they work or not. because uh, in order for them to work, a lot of stuff has to be set up correctly, and you want to make sure that that that's done. And if you can put those scenarios in the UAT, you'll know about it before you go live. And it's uh, always easier to fix it and to deal with it during the project than in go live. Um, you know, when, when you have the pressure of getting a project done on time, that's one thing. When you have the pressure of fixing up hundreds of employee paychecks that were wrong, it's a whole different type of stress. So that's my advice to people. So, I think. Hopefully, we've given listeners um, some good things to think about here, and I guess I would encourage listeners, if you have uh, any other questions or or perspectives, um, you know, maybe you have additional things to consider, or maybe you don't agree with some of what we said, um, leave us some comments in the podcast and uh, shout out at us on Twitter and let us know, uh, get the conversation going. So team. Thank you for all that uh, participation, for all those perspectives. It was great. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. And uh, we'll have.
3: Hey, how did we do? Uh, You said at the end you were going to judge us on the amount of talent that was actually on the phone. So (laughs) I know. A plus. All right.
0: A plus. All right. Plus a month end bonus. Month end bonus, too.
1: There you go. What's that? What's not retroactively
0: though
6: you
1: know it wouldn't work
6: I, in a, a rough calculation i think we're about 160 years of
0: experience <laughs> almost ouch almost wow my god
1: hey hey i i believe that um someone among us has made a major change since um he last joined us mark have you been sworn in as a u.s citizen yet
6: i am a citizen
1: Awesome. Yay. Oh, well, nice. Although, oh, although seat, they, welcome.
6: Thank you. We never did the ceremony. It was um it was because of COVID. It was basically I did yeah. an interview, which was stupidly easy after all my studying. Yeah. And then it was like, All right, go outside and wait and we'll bring your certificate out.
1: <laughs> oh, well that's a shame. Those those ceremonies always seem like they're very um touching be cool. and meaningful. So that's yeah. a bummer but but may, congratulations maybe yeah maybe awesome.
6: they'll may, thank you maybe they'll re- retroactively invite us all back for a ceremony like when things get better you know i think so I do, yeah we'll see
1: yeah
6: that's awesome awesome so you're gonna
1: are you gonna lose the accent
6: now or what i don't have an accent <laughs> oh but what I, what I what i do have is i have an american flag i um i actually there you go i i um I have a customer, and her sent, and she wasn't used to my sense of humor, so wasn't never sure whether I was serious <laughs> or not. So I develop- really? developed, we a- developed, we developed a code system. So every time <laughs> I was being fac- facetious or not serious, I would wear this while I was ta-
0: talking about something.
1: <laughs> I love it. I need Very that cool. too.
0: Yeah. All right, team. Awesome. Thanks. I Appreciate it.